0: i'm banana chan i am one half of game in a curry uh we are releasing a game called judge dread block war so that's our latest thing
1: uh yeah so I you can see who was <laughs> <is> next <laughs> it's me fraser i um i wrote the veil and am writing Hack the planet and i do a lot of blog posts on consumingcyberpunk.com. and I guess Kira,
2: right? Yes, yeah. I, I am Kira. Good job remembering my name. <laughs> I, mean, I, I
1: mean, I mean, the order, right? I know. I know. Who
2: you are. <laughs> I, know. I was. Just, I, that was not a good funny tease. Anyway, so I, I know you. Know who I am. But maybe not everybody else does. I'm Kira. I am a queer cyborg game designer, and I'm currently working on a David Lynch based LARP, and. A cyberpunk game called Sync, which is a social and activist, nonviolent tabletop game. So I wanted to talk about
0: Upgrade, which is a oops, which is a movie that came out recently. I was going to say starring some actors that I know the names of, but I don't know their names.
1: Uh, is it Oh yeah. Hardy?
0: Is it Tom Hardy? Is that his name? Is it? Now, is name now name we gotta Google it. So, when when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was the same trailer for Spawn because they look exactly (laughs) the same. (laughs) Like,
1: it's it's a a different guy. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's like Logan Marshall Green, who looks exactly like Tony. He is. Wait, is that really his name? Logan Marshall Green is his actual for real name. Cool. Supposedly. We know who you are, Tom Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so is Tom
0: Hardy in Spawn? Because now I'm Okay, so Tom Hardy is in spawn. Okay, got it. Yeah.
1: This this guy was in Prometheus Devil Spider-Man Homecoming and the invitation and legit. I every single one of those times I thought it was Tom Hardy. (laughs) Oh whoa. But yeah, when I first saw it, I thought it was like the
0: same because, you know, it's this guy who has been taken over by this, you know, other thing, uh, whether it's like an AI slash spawn. Uh, So with Upgrade, I was like super surprised. I was pretty good. It's kind of like the time before it's, it's set in this era that's before Cyberpunk, like maybe... Like when you think cyberpunk, you think like big cities and you know dystopian future. But when um, with upgrade, it's sort of like fifty years prior to that type thing. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. And apparently, cool. no one saw it. <laughs> I remember because seeing
3: everyone the trailer. It was
2: spawn. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. it so one of my friends online saw it. It might have been you. <laughs> There we go.
1: (laughs) I know someone who saw it and it was you.
2: (laughs) So what was cool about it being like cyberpunk, but not yet cyberpunk? I
0: thought it was interesting sort of, so the, without spoiling it too much, it is definitely about um, technology being bad and like taking over everything. Um, which I think is always an interesting concept, but also just seeing it before, uh, before it's like completely consumed us, I think it's really interesting. Um, and also it's like sort of black mirror slash like twilight zone ish. Uh, so if you see it, it's, it's got that vibe to it. Yeah, I think it's like the director of saw or, um, what's the other movie? Uh, the Purge or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the Purge. Saw is so, amazing.
2: You should go see it. Side track. Sorry. <laughs> the first saw. The first saw is really good, actually, but the rest of them are just like slasher <laughs> trash. But I like those a lot too. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, content warning. There is a lot of gore. Uh, there is a lot of body horror, uh, but it's not. There, there are parts where, um, you know, people get mangled and, you know, ripped apart, but in terms of how it, like, the AI interacts with the protagonist, it's, there are body horror elements to that as well.
2: Akira thing, or like, um, uh, what are the old, like, ten, ten shuo or whatever? Tetsu. Tetsuo,
1: yeah. yeah. The Iron Man,
2: yeah. Yeah, like the 80s kind of grindhouse robot <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm to <laughs> in the description.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's very much inspired by all of that. Um, yeah. Like, even some of the aesthetics of, like, you know, the the house that they go into, like, the, the scenery, um, it's all very like that time, like very retro future 80s, but not yet retro future. It's like, it still has that modern look, like what we consider modern in 2010 <laughs> or 2018, whatever.
1: <laughs> that's a weird, yeah, that's like a weird pastiche. Also, you might be uh, happy to know that apparently he's doing Aquaman as well. <laughs> <So>. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: The I'm like, I'm but. stealth into that movie. Like, I saw a trailer and I was like, why am I so excited about this movie? don't know. <laughs> <Out of nowhere.
1: laughs> and also they didn't even like, like Justice League was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life, hands yeah, down, I for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and like the problem, yeah, Suicide Squad was terrible as well. But oh yeah. Yeah, especially with Leto being all, yeah. but uh, like, one of the problems that they have is that they either obsessed with an origin story with somebody we already are aware of, right? Or they Mm -hmm. decide to do a group action flick with people we don't know yet. Right. And then they're just like, Oh yeah, it's infinity war and they're all fighting and stuff. And we're like, but who's that guy? Right. (laughs) Like (laughs) we, we, No, they're saying that it's like Justice League was supposed to be the Infinity War (laughs) Yeah, whereas Infinity War works Mm -hmm. because we've had years of watching their own movies and we know who they are and where their character is going and stuff whereas Justice League was like well, you don't know The Flash, you don't know Aquaman but uh, they're all up in this and and doing their things and also the the fight scenes were the worst things ever, right? They're just like (laughs) CGI mannequins (laughs) hitting each other, but
2: I'm I excited it. for <laughs> I'm excited for DC to be like because Wonder Woman was their highest grossing. And now they've got Aquaman with like gay naked mermaids oh, or whatever. And then they're supposed to do the um birds of prey movie So I'm like, okay, if they've got ladies and mermaids, I'm I'm good with DC again. That's all they need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really beautiful. Anyway, we digress. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I Have you watched Tetsu? It, it was, like, very hard to watch. It Like, I only made it through 30 minutes or something. It is very disturbing in its yeah. imagery. So I'm interested in the idea of it without ever having to actually watch it. I remember when I was first doing research for it with the Veil, someone was like, gotta watch this classic. So I was like, okay. And they're like, but be warned, it's graphic. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> God. okay then 20 minutes in i was just like whoa because <laughs> it's all about like fetishization of um, technological parts and like this guy literally wanting it to become a part of himself whether he like kind of wants to or not because he's like it's like a fetishization dichotomy duo weird thing happening with him and i was just like this is this is intense so uh if you ever want to watch something similar and somebody says tetsu uh, just be prepared That's really <laughs> <scary>. <laughs> it's
2: horrible. like in the david kranberg style of like videodrome and stuff too like there's like this slasher horror body horror techno fetish like yeah. thing, like genre, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I Which just I, I video personally drum. love. But... Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, Videodrome. I could handle. Like it had its weird stuff. Tetsuo. That was just like. Gross. that. Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> but. Well,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm excited to watch the upgrade now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like,
1: what, what would you give it out of ten?
2: Out of ten like
0: in terms of just the story it. or oh enjoying it I would say maybe like a 7 or 8 sweet
3: yeah that's yeah, all it's I very got high. Yeah,
0: yeah
1: <laughs> just like when I read when I write books same thing it's just my level of enjoyment I'm not like one of those people yeah. that are like, I'll give you a star for a story and a star <laughs> for the acting and the star for this or whatever. No. I I but that.
0: I was I was also like pleasantly surprised because when I went to go see it, I was expecting like a John Wick ripoff or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, yeah. yeah. I had
1: low expectations. <laughs> like really <laughs> low expectations. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say check something that out.
4: here just to test that my microphone is working and pushing out to the stream.
3: Oh no! <laughs> right. We can
4: yeah. hear you. Yeah, uh, I think I had I think I had my mic turned off or down on the mixer. Uh, so. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> am. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, they say they. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sorry for that derailment.
1: <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <It's all bad.
4: laughs> yeah.
3: um, Sweet.
1: So
4: uh, together, yeah, so uh, anything yeah. else that you wanted to say about about Upgrade? Is it Upgrade or The Upgrade? Upgrade. upgrade. I think
1: it's just Upgrade, yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: and it comes out yeah. uh, on Blu-ray, it looks like, in September. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty soon, actually. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. when I'll be able to get at it. That's cool. I like pre cyberpunk aesthetic.
4: I'm super curious about yeah. that. And maybe we'll we can talk more about that later, Divinion, what other people's yeah. gyms are. Is it yeah.
1: You know like, what it's almost oh sorry. What were you gonna say? Is there like a lot of bisexual lighting? That's how I read <laughs> my cyberpunk these days. It's
0: true.
1: No, there was not a lot of bisexual lighting.
0: It was very red. I remember it being like either really red or really blue. Um, it was it was refined. Yeah,
4: (laughs) (laughs) I I,
0: I also felt like the technology was kind of like almost human like in like when I know Hamish is about to talk about um almost human but it's sort of (laughs) it's kind of like similar in that they had drones and they had like I don't know I felt very uh very similar but not there yet I see so, was so
4: is the there, pre, is is there the, androids is the pre-cyberpunkness about the high-tech nature of the cyberware itself like is it relatively kind of low-tech cyberware in a high-tech world is...
0: it felt like uh like the opposite it was like a oh. high-tech world like what we perceive as a high-tech world but yeah. in like
1: um, modern day, uh, okay. yeah, modern day, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is and so is there androids too? Like are they full androids? Or uh, whatever?
0: Not that I remember. No, I don't think there are full androids. Cool.
2: It sounds but, like almost William Gibson. Yeah, it's like almost there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it's not like quite dystopian or that futuristic yet. It's like almost. Right, right. yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, Hamish,
4: do you want to talk about all those humans? <laughs> Yeah. then? <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Here's my little list. So, I, I was thinking. that about was a list. good segue. And part, yeah. of, <laughs> yeah, part of my problem was that. Um, I really wanted to talk more about Johnny Mnemonic because that's my main one, the first one I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic is a fantastic movie, but it came out in this time in like the mid '90s, where if you look back on it, like the CGI is kind of cheesy, um, but it's yeah. the way it is, and it's only four years before the or three years before the Matrix, but the Matrix sort of is so much of an advance in terms of the way it's presented, um, and also it was Keanu Reeves in that time when he was just post, Bill and Ted. So it was not like it was it was cool to diss on him. Um so but unfortunately I couldn't find like a good way of watching it. Uh and I started reading the screenplay because I have the screenplay. Whoa. It's quite Whoa. Different. What the hell? It's quite different actually. Um and I was talking to some people on Twitter about it who also were like, yeah, it's really good but it's underappreciated. So I I think it's worth it's worth bringing up um in particular, yeah it's also uh, got like
2: ice cube or whatever
4: right that's great people in it um
1: i i remember being i remember thinking molly was pretty badass
4: in it yeah so it's not molly it's a new oh, character because apparently there was like some issue with copyright because i guess uh, uh-huh. uh neuromancer has been optioned actually as a movie since just yeah. about 1985. Uh, yeah
1: it's in it, pre-production already
4: yeah a, i mean it's been in pre-production for like literally two decades i think so yeah back, oh, wow. like, i think like, they might be <laughs> going to be coming out with one there was i feel like this rumor surfaces every now and then oh they're gonna finally make the neuromancer movie okay we'll see yeah i mean when i see a trailer i'll i'll believe it i guess um, <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's fair. a it's a tough female bodyguard character called jane um yeah. Oh, yeah. who oh doesn't have razor blade fingers and so isn't molly
2: yeah right but
1: they still have the same the same theme though right where she's like a bodyguard yeah. she's trying to get in on the inside track and yeah. they're all like oh you're too old right you're you're you she's she's got this cyberware that burns her out or something right i do yeah
4: that's yeah that's the part i couldn't that's one of the reasons i wanted to watch it again um because i can't remember what cyberware stuff she has the main yeah, she's a, thing i remember are his like Neural head thing um, yeah. and the, uh, who's a guy with the monofilament thumb? Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I thought that she had, I was gonna say she had a monofilament, but it yeah, she have doesn't the have the, the guy.
4: monofilament thumb, I mean, no, so yeah, yeah. Slavery, yeah, and also the, she might
2: have a katana,
4: yeah, she, I mean, she probably
2: does. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I, think, I think she has a katana, I definitely remember her wearing chainmail, but I do not remember any of her cyber Yeah, yeah I, I really need to
4: rewatch it again. um and yeah that's so
1: yeah yeah she she has accelerated reflexes that are like cheap is what it's implied Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they i think they mentioned something about chiba or something like that but like how she couldn't get it done there it's like somewhere else like she got it in mexico instead of chiba something like that right and the way that they tested i remember was like uh he was like put your hand like this and hold it there for like a minute or something and then after 30 seconds she started shaking and stuff and they're like see you're all strung out or burned out or whatever the the thing was there was some specific term for it (laughs)
4: yeah and there's lots of cool stuff like that in there that is super like it's because it is a i mean it's not it's an adaptation from the short story it's not like a translation of the short story but there's enough of that sort of original cyberpunk flavor and dystopian world stuff uh that it's a good like it it gives you a kind of good retro future cheesy burst of, of cyberpunk fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they I have because some of, I mean, I, I, I kind of love Keanu Reeves, uh, but yeah. also like his acting at times in that movie is a little wooden. That might be putting it badly. but it's kind of endearing. I don't know. I like it. And this interesting bit where you can kind of see like he has that. What's that speech? The um the the "I want room like, service" speech. I want room service. Uh, if you Google Johnny Mnemonic room service speech, you'll find the YouTube <laughs> clip uh, where he and that actually is also not in the script—because um, I like watched that clip and then I, I looked it up uh, and, like, he has this bit where he's complaining about everybody who's out, everyone is out to get him, uh, and then Janine is like, "Maybe it's not all about you." And then he goes into the super entitled like white bro thing, where like I want blah and blah and blah and I want my li- nice life and I don't want to be in the shitty part of town. Uh, it was all Apple Room <laughs> Service um,
2: yeah.
4: And so it's I mean it's pretty it's it's a pretty interesting there's lots of interesting stuff in it. Um so I put that down. I also put down because um, somebody else suggested when I tweeted about this, uh mm. Marge Percy's He She and It and you've talked about that before yes. right, haven't you?
1: Yeah, it's I've really it good. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's like a. Um, I don't. It, it's like it's hard to explain, but it's it's, it's Jewish cyberpunk. A, yeah, it's Jewish oh. cyberpunk that is like all about. Um, this woman who gets her child taken away because her husband who she's divorcing has higher like clearance and rating than her. Like he just gets promoted and then basically takes her to court and takes her kid. And she mm-hmm. kind of goes on like a sojourn quest about mm-hmm. it, but uh, it ties in cyberpunk with a lot of uh, mysticism around uh, Judaism. And it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. very cool and good. And actually yeah, like
4: the link between ship- like Judea, uh golems and, like the yeah. cyberpunk android i think sounds super interesting um yeah yeah a, and it it's a, definitely like a hugo or something yeah so i think so like it's unappreciated <laughs> and then i think you made this point on twitter as well fraser that it's like well respected in academic writing just when people think of cyberpunk they don't necessarily think of it <laughs> so that yeah counts as underappreciated i guess in the way that yeah it's <laughs> like
1: when you When you Google best cyberpunk books or whatever, it's always that iOS 9 thing that is all like (laughs) there's like one woman or something in the whole list. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think she is on it. So, and I think that seems to be what most people populate all their answers from like the the top uh, sliding carousel thing when you Google it on, uh, or the articles like that where it uh, mysteriously goes unanswered but i think it's because when it came out technically uh it is after the part where you know the four guys were like cyberpunk is dead now <laughs> so <laughs> that, that could be why because it came out in like 93
4: 94 so at the same time as snow crash but i didn't oh, think it won the award until like 93
2: or something oh right. yeah It's a really good book. I loved it. I I was really, I know, going in, I'm like, okay, we got some Jewish mysticism going on, that's fine. I love learning about Jewish mysticism in general, but it was very thick writing, and then I was like, oh my god, this is all about family structures, and religion, and and women, and matriarchs, like, multiple matriarchs of generations of families, and, you know, the, the toxicity that you can carry with you from like gen-
0: genocide and like all, all, yeah, it was just so great. It's like really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, it blew my mind. Anyway. Um, yeah.
0: So it's that's, it's one that
4: like, it's not, it's not really me evangelizing about a gym, but it's one that somebody mentioned and, and you've mentioned before. So, yeah. And yeah. then I also put almost human on my list, which is what, banana reference just before the Carl Irvin <laughs> 2013, 2014 half season, uh, cop show which i really dug i only watched it afterwards i watched it when the dvd of the the season came out and i was like this is great even if some of the like one of the episodes is just diehard it's just the plot plot (laughs) as soon as you recognize that everything like you can see everything that's going to happen it's like okay all right good uh, but which is like fine because if you're gonna take a plot from somewhere and everybody takes plots from places, take one of the best plots in the like in movie history. That's yeah. a good, one of the
1: best stuff. Christmas
4: movies. There yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. That was one that like it only got the half season and then it got cancelled. But there's lots of cool stuff with the interaction between the um, you know initially reluctant to accept the android part, uh, cop and the android partner who proves himself. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, well, I do remember, around, I guess, but it it was well done, and I thought the actors really like both actors really kind of to me. How many of you have seen it as well? I've seen. I've it. Never I've seen, seen. it
1: seen I've seen it. a few. That's good. Uh, it definitely I thought did the Die Hard thing as well, though, with Carl Urban doing like no wrong kind of thing as well, right? Where he's just like the white cop where he like gets away with just absolutely anything and the, the of course the the most attractive female lead they have like a thing will they won't they that like never quite happens because it gets canceled i mean
4: it is, <laughs> it, is a, it is a cyberpunk police procedural so everything you think yeah. about police procedurals is true about it it's true <laughs> yeah. within that yeah. framework i think it does some interesting things but yeah it's 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 for sure yeah,
1: yeah. i really liked how that female lead was like not a submissive normal uh, female lead in a police procedural though she was just like uh what was she I, what do they call it when they're super rich or whatever it was it's basically like the meths from altered carbon right is where she's from but she chose to work in police and she's basically kind of given the like middle finger to all the guys who are like hey baby
4: at the cop station and yeah. uh yeah that's also that a bit of a trope as well like the super hard yeah. woman who can, who can yeah. like be one of the boys or whatever and is they're giving her shit and she's giving them shit back like uh yeah i can't remember exactly how the how that like played out and whether they complicated that in any significant way
1: they started to and then it was over <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah, really remember there was the episode Tampa with Canada. her and her friends like all the rich people doing that drug that was killing them all mm and she was all like oh you don't know about my life Carl let me, let me
4: <laughs> I mean and, and Carl Urban got to get, get like a little mini dread on not yeah. in like a oh yeah hard <laughs> way, but like enough that you're like I want that second movie I want that
1: second, yeah. second movie every time that petition comes around I sign it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: like I feel every there's, year. there's something about shows like that I don't know if Any of you have seen Lucifer? I
1: watched the first episode and I thought it was okay.
0: It feels sort of like all the same template for a show. Like there's always, you know, that like white dude who's troubled and like, you know, has to put up with, I don't know, their partner and, you know, it's, it feels very Fox. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, police (laughs) procedurals in general are terrible. But actually, Continuum wasn't too bad for a cop sci fi thing, actually. Mm -hmm.
1: It's amazing. (laughs) Continuum is the best. And it's actually. And it's it's
2: in Vancouver.
1: Vancouver. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's finally Vancouver, though.
2: It's not like. It is actually taking place in Vancouver instead of filmed in Vancouver and taking place in London or what the
4: fuck. Yeah, because Almost Human is also filmed in Vancouver, I think yep yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> it's not not vancouver
1: i loved continuum though i thought like the the last season was like a little weak a little bit weak but everything else was like amazing kira is very good in it i thought
2: like the yeah the main character's name yeah. is and it's really funny when i watch things with my name in it. <laughs> Few. And they're always really funny, like it's in sci-fi, fantasy, and anime. <laughs> yeah, I saw something
4: recently that had somebody who- Death Note? No, not no, 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 <laughs> just it, oh but it was like spelt with a Q and an, uh, and an apostrophe in the middle.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah! Was, was it in was that? Um, Blade Runner or something? I feel like there
4: was like a- I, I know what you're talking about. I just saw it too. Yeah, I don't know where it was. Q. Oh, was it, Bassem- was it Han Solo?
2: oh yeah it was Mother of Dragons Dragon's character
4: character. yeah like I recognized her at the time I was like I've seen that actress before but I cannot remember who it is and then afterwards it was like Oh, right.
2: <laughs> Hilariously, I was not named after the Dark Crystal, which my name is also in, but I was named after um, and the main character's name in Xanadir.
1: Right. Uh, like, oh, that's
2: so it's, cool. It's so cute.
1: Very cute. The best thing I think um, about Continuum, though, is like the the slow progression of her past being unraveled every episode, yeah. where, where she kind of realizes that like, as a part of an authority over time she was like oh yeah that was bad
2: (laughs) my favorite part yeah yeah so she she dismantles her privilege as a cop as like a white lady cop which is amazing like that never happens on tv and then and the second thing is that in the third season or something she dies spoiler alert it's not it doesn't really matter but um, <laughs> because because she's a time traveler and a different her comes to that con- that that continuum, and then she meets herself and she's like, "Is that me? Is that not me?" And then she ends up like killing the other self or something. It's totally bananas. Like it's really good.
1: <laughs> and the uh, the diversity is really good on the show as well. That was like the first yeah. show that I watched in like two thousand ten or whatever, where it was like. Three yeah. white people only and I was like, yep. Wow There's a
2: cool. lot of Asian cast and there's like a married dude or something and I can't I can't remember the whole there's there's a few black characters I think. Yeah, it's it's overall it's pretty good. It's kinda cheesy sometimes, but it's mostly about the drama of the characters, which is why I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can get it on iTunes cheap. That's where I got it.
2: I watched oh. it on Netflix or something.
1: It's, uh, it's not on Netflix here in Canada.
3: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry, sorry,
4: From what you just said about it, it, sounds a lot like Agents of Shield, but with a time travel thing instead of a super. Oh.
2: it is better than Agents of Shield. I tried. I tried really hard to like Agents of Shield. My jam. I really. And like it. I. You really
4: like it. I really like it. Yeah, in no, part not- some of the early, like in the first in the first season, a lot of those early uh, episodes when they're kind of doing Monster of the Week stuff, it's just like yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, this is this could be the sprawl.
1: Yeah, the first yeah. two the first two seasons though, I was like, can Sky not be the main character? <laughs> she's oh the main character. Like, she's oh the my main, god. Like, it's cool yeah, but it. three and four what? was really good, I thought. Yeah, yeah there's a
4: power, power through those. We just watched five, which ends Oh five, what? In uh, like there's some problems and some successes with the ending of it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be our sixth half season, apparently.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, but I that think I've be seen be coming one. out
4: because it will, it's, or. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's because they were umming and ahhing about whether they'd cancel it or not. But it turns oh. out that they basically won't have any episodes in between Infinity War 1 and Infinity War 2. So they won't <laughs> have to deal with that. Which oh, okay. works out being okay, I guess. <laughs>
0: I'm so confused about like the licenses and properties and like how what can they use and what can't they use and like which well, universe is what no yeah <laughs> and like cloak
2: and dagger is coming out and that's on abc and i'm like okay yeah oh uh, i didn't realize that i thought yeah.
4: it was
2: netflix for some
4: reason no it's yeah because the netflix uh, ones like, yeah you're uh, right. the dark new york set and then yeah the, yeah uh, Agents of Shield oh. is the, like the bright sunny l.a kind Of sound stages <laughs> thing, and then the movie well, we didn't now, fit now in <laughs> Fox are, now, Fox, yeah. are, and is coming into the thing, so they can cancel X Men or whatever.
2: And isn't yeah. there the, run, isn't the Runaways Marvel as well?
4: Uh,
2: yes. Yeah, that's on yeah, Hulu, was, yeah.
4: yeah, but now, uh, the
1: rights are all returning to, to Marvel anyway because Disney's buying it. So oh, that's true. One mega corporation. The yeah. mega corp
2: of <laughs> Disney, which is not that? terrifying at all.
4: <laughs> is really part of that? I, don't, the, I don't know how ABC fits into that. What? what was it? I don't know how ABC fits into that. Are they Are they already think, part of Disney?
2: I guess. I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. I
1: good. think they licensed it directly from Marvel for that. Right. And same and with Runaways. Now, I don't know. Yeah. Disney
2: yeah. ABC sounds familiar, is it? it, does, it thing. Does really yeah.
1: Really, yeah.
0: I don't know. Make I feel like works. I've seen Miley Cyrus or someone on ABC slash Disney <laughs> Channel. <laughs> yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, Seems like a thing. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of things in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That are, that are kind of cyberpunk in terms of the tech and in terms of the way they... Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, mm-hmm. it's it's more on the tech side than it is on the super side. So <laughs> you can watch any superhero movie and there's probably going to be some cybernetic stuff. But it's like a little bit more on Agents of
1: S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah the... So, um, life model decoys for yeah. sure mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a thing yeah, then, yeah. i'd yeah, love to yeah, watch, yeah. And- i'd love to watch a
0: movie where it's like the super villain is disney like that's the megacorp and everything else is like super cyberpunk <laughs>
4: so yes. the first the first like 10 or so playtests that i did of the sprawl there was always like a big media company that the players would put in there um, or a, like funny. either, either like a time Warner or something, or like a, a cell phone company. Corp. One of those things <laughs> that is a pain in the butt in your regular life. And so that as soon as you get a chance to put them into fiction and fuck with them, you do it.
0: It's <laughs> so yeah, there are a
4: few Disneys in there.
1: It's always nice. Diz Corp for me. Just, Diz Corp. Diz Corp. No, really Corp. Yeah. Did Kara freeze?
4: I think she did. Well, she's oh. holding a pose for a really long time. So. <laughs> well, well <played.
1: laughs> yeah
4: oh no um so yeah those were mine anyway (laughs) i didn't have like any deep thoughts on any one of them so I was like shotgun yeah (laughs) sweet yeah he she
1: and it is really good and it's also really cheap um Mm -hmm. since it went under the radar i think i got my hardcover copy that is a first printing for like five dollars in shipping or right. something like that oh like, wow well. yeah
4: <laughs> i hate to play the america card but for a paperback that's pretty average
1: no it's hardcover
4: oh okay all right and
1: it's first printing all right <laughs> okay well why don't you display. start
4: telling us about uh your thing fraser and then we can you can reach sure, out and rejoin sure.
1: so the last thing that i Uh, Since the last episode, what I have read is Storm in the Reality Studio, which is really good. It's like, I would highly recommend it for anybody who kind of wants a snapshot of what Cyberpunk was. Uh, Just after it was sort of like declared dead, it was published in like one of the later anthologies. I think it's like 97, 98 or something. So the first half is all fiction and it's all short splits of it so it's like um the best parts of iconic cyberpunk uh short fiction or been ripped from novels to make it short fiction so it's just like it it added a lot of stuff to my queue basically like metrophage um there's like a little excerpt from that and then if you like it and I guess you just like go buy it. And then the later half of it is all nonfiction stuff. And it's all like essays and it's very academic, which was jarring for me. Cause the first half is all just like, you're reading normal cyberpunk stuff. And then the later half is like, here is exactly what we think cyberpunk is from like 12 different perspectives analyzed and examined through like uh, people having written these specific articles in like times and the Atlantic and all that kind of stuff to actual academic reprints Mm -hmm. of stuff. So if you don't mind that, pick it up. It's really good. It's really, I think it was like, um, 25 bucks or something like that comes in a, like, uh, the digest size, but a little bit taller. I'm I'm not sure what you call that, but it's like a weird format.
4: Academic books don't have there very much like standardization
1: yeah kira we're, we're talking about um, storming the reality studio which is an anthology um, and it's quite good and then it i like the her...
4: of um... yes
1: pardon yeah. yeah 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 i can hear you, <laughs> <That>
4: <laughs> could you can. the position of the uh cyberpunk fiction next to academic fiction and the like or academic fiction <laughs> uh, <laughs> some <laughs> of it is been a long time. <laughs> um, Academic uh, prose is, is is itself kind of cyberpunk because it has that like crammed crammed nature and sudden changes of direction and all those yeah. things that the cyberpunk writers were going for and the descriptive like style. So that's yeah, it's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's
1: it's really interesting. It's good, and the good thing about it too is when I picked it up about a year ago, I got it from Book Depository for <laughs> really cheap price, and before that it was out of print. Um, so if you can get it I would get it because it's never going to be coming digitally or anything it's one of those Larry McCaffrey um, edited things that he uh, used to do I'm not sure what happened to that guy but uh, he was really into cyberpunk did a bunch of anthologies and then pieced out of everything (laughs) oh wow Yeah. Um, another thing I did a piece about was cybernetic punk which is a graphic novel that funded on Indiegogo that was pretty good um it's beautiful like the artwork is incredible. It is very typical noir <laughs> in that uh it punishes women uh, in all of their forms. <laughs> like, yeah, like the he's investigating his ex's death um who was killed yeah, brutally and then and then all of the female characters are lenses for which to view the 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 world which is terrible, of course. <laughs>
2: Can I drift for a, a really quick second? Because I just sure. saw Bound for the first time, the Wakowski siblings' first movie, Bound. It's mm-hmm. a lesbian noir. And it is, like, the best two femme fatales I've ever seen. And I didn't know they Ooh. existed. Like yeah. that, like, Jennifer Tilly plays a, femme, a lesbian femme fatale. And it's amazing. It is amazing. So Ooh. if you want some good lady noir, <laughs> go watch that. <laughs> yeah. sure. Also, it's Ooh. Proto-Matrix. So it's really interesting to see uh, their cinematography
1: and uh, storytelling just before the Matrix. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely look into that. But, it's yeah, really good. I, I mean, like the the graphic novel is very good. Just expect it. Basically, it says that it's the 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 bill, like the the thing on the back that it says that it is, is that it's Blade Runner meets Elysium by way of every Raymond Chandler movie ever. So that. Like, hmm. it is that. All of the problems with Raymond Chandler, you got them at this, <laughs> <too.
4: That's, laughs> So that, that sounds like a, a description that dates it to a yeah. very specific time, mm-hmm. like it just is. after Elysium came out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot that was a movie.
4: That's another one yeah, that me too. on the list of uh, under, underappreciated cyberpunk gems, actually. Who's yeah.
2: Raymond, what has Raymond Chandler done? Uh, just uh, um, reading, with
1: The Big Sleep. The big, yeah. uh, lots of hard-boiled noir stuff. Oh,
2: okay. okay, okay. Raymond yeah, Sandler and Bishop
4: Hammer the two big names in hard-boiled noir fiction. I like
2: yeah. Too much hard-boiled noir. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
4: uh, 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 short stories and novellas. Oh,
2: I read even less hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A lot of <laughs> the stuff got adapted into... Uh, um, Noir flicks with like Bogart and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah like the.
4: Um... Is Hammett. Uh, yeah. So um, what else is what? What was Red Harvest? The. the Red uh, Harvest. Dashiell Hammett's book Red Harvest was made into something, uh, sci-fi oh. and insignificant. Somebody in the chat will probably know. That. Maltese no
1: Falcon. No. Red Harvest. Yeah.
4: Pretty is cool. it the one with the pool? What, what does that mean? You don't talk about it. Raymond Chandler's uh, famous, like, most famous for maybe in your you, uh, famous piece of unintentional GMing advice is that anytime, anything, anytime the plot slows down in your novels, you have a guy with a gun bursting through the door. Oh. Yeah, that's her, like his his writing dictum.
1: I like uh, it. Yeah. Things this, are getting pretty slow. There's yeah, a
4: <laughs> guy coming. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: um. What else? So I also did a blog post on the glitch logs one and two, written by uh, Rachel Beck, which I thought were also really great. Um, I I was expecting just sort of like a a diehard ish story, um, typical stuff, but she does some good things with um, like hiding seemingly insignificant details that uh, come up later and some symbolic stuff and. in particular the stuff in cyberspace i thought was really great and much better described than most cyberpunk books describing cyberspace stuff um it was really cool and made it very like um tactile instead of like a nebulous thing which is usually what happens and the avatar of the the person is like a cat too so that was fun
3: yeah
4: (laughs) The yeah, first, awesome. Did you say you would read the second book as well? Which yeah, I read both did, yeah. of them. Yeah, the first one is online. If anyone wants to to look it up, uh, it's available on her on her webpage, like in a kind of serialized format.
1: Yeah, for free, you can read the whole book if you want, and then uh, order it if you like. I also read All Systems Red, which was awesome. Uh, Martha Wells did that, and that's the Murderbot series. Um, it's like pretty famous with the tour series of books right now. It's a novella. That's like 200 pages or something. And it's about a sentient Android who has hacked their governor unit um, and is tasked with basically providing this protection for these humans that she finds super ignore- like annoying. Um, not she. It's like an uh, it prone. Like there's no pronoun at all. It's always referred to as it uh, throughout it which Martha Wells is like a fucking genius or something cuz the like the flow of the book is amazing even without any pronouns referred to the bot at all it's it's very good i thought and um yeah it it was just a really interesting story there was throughout it it's sort of like revealing the past of this murder bot unit and also why it, it's addicted to serial uh what are they called? Telenovelas? Like soap mm. operas? <laughs> like they're, they're always um, going and doing stuff or whatever. And it's just like, I hope these humans are done with their shit so I can get back and watch my telenovela. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Uh, it's equal parts like poignant, funny and uh, it's, it's just really good. I recommend it. Uh, and I also started re- reading wetware by Rudy Rucker. I'm only like two chapters into that and it's, It's okay. I I like the idea that it's all like these old people who um, are given Florida because there's no more um, EI uh, for them, like unemployment insurance. And they like, like get all uppity about it, I guess. And so the U.S. is just like, here, take Florida. And they're like, okay. (laughs) And they're all kind of like bums and retired and stuff. Are
4: you going to read the rest uh, of that series?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, so far, it's fairly interesting. I think I'm on chapter three or four or something. So not that much has happened.
4: I read the first two, maybe three. There's a. It sort of takes a. I mean, it advances time between the movies and deals with sort of the progression of technology in a quite interesting way uh, between the books. Um, I think it it changes tone significantly later in the series. Oh, does it? So be to hear okay. What you think about it later. interesting
1: i have the um the tetralogy oh. uh book so okay. i plan on going through it unless it's like really bad and I have to board or anything
4: <laughs> i mean i definitely think the first two are worth reading i, I mean okay. the third, third as well sweet uh, De- uh dasho hammer's red harvest by the way is uh it was credited as the inspiration for kurosawa's yojimbo
2: Oh, that's a oh movie.
4: significant movie. <laughs> <There> <laughs> what <go>. the hell? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. It's
2: a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird.
1: <laughs> oh, I also did a piece on Darling in the Franks. Has anyone heard of that? It's a new anime series that just came out last year. It is cool. super weird. <laughs> it's <laughs> like uh, the thing that got me into it was because all these like super left wing people were describing it as right-wing Japanese propaganda. So and I was like, oh. this is about kids piloting mechs. So what is happening here? Right? Um, it's it's interesting because it, um, it's the typical mech setup in that two people need to be in this mech in order to pilot it. And of course, they're doing it to save the world. There's these giant beasts that are rampaging around and all that kind of stuff. And only these like pubescent kids can get into these machines and pilot them and stuff like that but they've completely done away with any pretenses and it's basically like they're actually uh, need to be compatible partners and it's almost like they're simulating sex when they're like in the mech so the girl lays down like almost um like in front of the guy with her ass facing the guy, and then the guy has these like handles that are attached to the girl. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really
4: weird. <laughs> yeah.
2: <that> <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it <was> like what?
1: <laughs> Yeah. So.
4: <laughs> so far.
1: Yeah. So they're they're in these like um, futuristic um, suits, right? That like eject these two handles for. Uh, And the woman is symbolic of the actual machine. So if the machine takes any damage or something like that, then the woman's the one getting hurt. Whereas the guy is just like the pilot and steering the way of the thing. And throughout it, they actually do some work of saying like, uh, like two or three episodes in, they're like, the the boys realize that they're like assholes basically. And they're like um, toxic towards the girls who take all of the damage and all they have to do is steer and stuff it all has to do with um how compatible they are and healthy their relationship is and uh how well they will end up piloting and that's the first half of the series like it's pretty interesting what they're trying to do with it it's it's almost like they're on the cusp of like a sex positive positive. Uh, thing but then later on where it gets muddled with the right-wing stuff is it's definitely um takes a turn into let's uh save family values like at one point i was super excited at the end of the first half of this because the one of the female leads one of the episodes starts with uh, the instructor being like does anyone want to change up partners right and one of them's like i want to partner with her and it's clearly like, I'm a lesbian. She's I'm not into partering with this dude. He's an asshole. We don't get along. All this stuff. But they spin it into kind of like a bad thing, basically, where, like, they're not compatible, it ends up. And she gets mad. She's like, um, I was really trying for this, right? And she's just like, I knew it wouldn't have worked without a guy. That kind of stuff. And I was just like, you guys were on the cusp of something (laughs) so cool. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, later on, uh, some more stuff happens. But basically, like, they always sort of, like, tease the audience with these things where they're like, oh, we could do some pretty cool commentary about this. But they don't. They just, like, return straight up to family values protected and that kind of stuff. So it's very disappointing in that regard. I don't think it's right-wing propaganda. I think it's lazy writing and very yeah. centrist. It's it's centrist, not right-wing, that's
2: for sure. I mean, it's like any status quo bullshit in America. Like, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, I started watching the new Voltron on Netflix. There was one lady character, and she's a princess. I'm <laughs> like, it didn't, it didn't change anything. I was like, really? There's no ladies driving this mech? Like, what? Have you yeah.
0: seen
1: Psychopaths? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that show. I've only seen one episode. Yeah, you. Well.
3: If,
1: if you're gonna watch <laughs> yeah. it, only watch the first season because the second season
4: is just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, what yeah, is yeah, it with anime that suddenly change like tone and direction and everything in the middle? i don't know like maybe they changed
2: their team up or something it's a lot of people that make them so i don't know
1: but you should you should read my blog posts on darling and the franks if only just to make sense of it because it is it put it this way the first half i was like why did people think that this is cyberpunk (laughs) that the the right like after (laughs) that half it's like it's just it goes out there like <laughs> the tangents that it goes on and like how much stuff happens in the last couple episodes. Like it turns into uh, like these people who are barely surviving on earth to an epic space battle of a person who it might be like a trans huge mecha who is battling for earth, except they also managed to fuck that up. <laughs>
2: That's a shame. Yeah. Transgender?
3: Yeah,
1: like, it's it's a huge mech that only works if the, uh, if it takes the properties of a man uh, as well as a female inside, and they use that as, like, the uh, uh, the love interests, uh, between the main character, who's the typical like, guy who is, like, all shy and stuff like that, and all that crap with the girl who's, like, super confident sexually in every every other way who has to like lead his hand towards everything right
2: But this this sounds like someone's evangelion (laughs) (laughs) fanfiction
1: it it pretty much is to be honest but I think yeah it's I wouldn't say it's like underappreciated because there's a huge fan club or whatever and I wouldn't say that it ends well but I would say that the first half of it is really interesting like I love the idea of a overtly sexual, sex-positive mecha thing yeah. with these kids in a society that ostracizes um, even just, like, normal procreation and all this stuff. It would take me forever to describe it, but anyway. I did a blog <laughs> post on that, so you could read that. <laughs> the thing that, that I actually cool. want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> is an anime called Mardox Scramble, which came out um, a pretty while ago, I think. It was originally a set of books that got adapted. The first one came out in 2010, second one 2011, third one 2012. There are like three ovas. It's a movie per book uh, type thing, so it's like two hours and 45 minutes or something like that to watch the whole thing. And it's really interesting because it tackles really hard Uh, subject matter that I've never really seen cyberpunk try to interact with Um, and it's so it's like a futuristic world in which nobody can commit all these crimes all this stuff there's light bridges there's ads on the skyscrapers everything is pretty much normal to begin with except the main protagonist is a 15 year old girl who's a sexual assault victim like at the very beginning in the first five minutes you see her like this like mini story almost where it's like her past catching up with her and this rich guy essentially murders her and she is interrogated subconsciously when she is dying apparently to it's called Mardok 09 is uh, what they use and basically if somebody is dying and they are a victim they can choose to use this technology uh, to ask them if they want to be sort of, like, resurrected. It's sort of like the Robocop thing where, like, they, like, say yes subconsciously, supposedly, and they are given, like, a cybernetic body, technology that uh, otherwise you wouldn't be able to get and is, like, otherwise illegal, apparently. But because um, it's used as part of, like, a judicial system to get justice for a victim, they're able to do it. And so the whole series is basically about tr- her trying to get, like, her agency back. And she's, like, a 15-year-old girl who's a, a sexual assault victim who turned prostitute, who was, like, um, taken from this uh, life in jail from this rich guy who essentially just, like, uses her for her his own aims and then ends up killing her. And when she's brought back into this cybernetic body she doesn't even have like a voice of her own but she has this like thing called Stark I can't remember what the acronym is but she can use technology around her in order to like speak and make her voice heard and all this kind of stuff and the whole thing is like she gets a a partner who's supposed to protect her who has a really weird name called Ulfcock is what the name of the character is <laughs> but it's it's like a also experimental technology it looks like it's a little glowing mouse except that she can turn wolfcock into any tool that she needs so for instance wolfcock can become the uh, costume that she has that's like bulletproof or like the weapons that she uses to shoot people and defend herself and stuff like that and the the central premise is that this guy obviously finds out that she's not dead And he hires a whole bunch of mercenaries and shit to go kill her. And um, it's about her trying to get empowered again, deal with what's happened to her, but also kind of struggle with like uh, her own sort of revenge story against this person, like what she needs to heal. And at the same time, her tool and partner, Ulfcock, is also somebody who was abused by the other team's mercenary people who, like, held him as a tool before. And it turns out if you use Olfcock in, like, a, um, like, malicious way, if you turn him into a gun against his will and start shooting people, then it, like, hurts him and, like, he could die from it. And that's what's happened. So it's basically, like, these uh, two really weird things navigating trauma throughout the entire story. And sometimes it's problematic for sure, but most of the time it actually does like a pretty poignant job of getting to the point. Like just when it's like a little problematic and you're like, I don't know about that. Then they're like, Oh, but wait, we're going to address that and talk about it. (laughs) So Hmm. it's, it's really interesting. Uh, The anime is like also gorgeous. It's very, very, interesting subject matter it's like i guess it's like a seminal work in japan from this author i have the the novel and it's like like that thick (laughs) so i haven't read it yet but the the movies are really cool and you guys should watch them and then tell me about it because i have a hard time arriving on if this is like Uh, like how problematic it is and how well it addresses this stuff just because of you know like where i'm coming from for me i'm just like i don't know that could be problematic or maybe it's addressed pretty well but at the very least it's exploring stuff that i've never seen cyberpunk try to navigate before even if it does it well or not the first one for sure is a little bit problematic because it sends like these weird ass mercenary people after them that are like clearly meant to abstract the fetishization of the female form. Like, these guys only kill women, and then also take and transplant their, like, cybernetic parts into them. So there's, like, really weird stuff going on with that. But then the next two movies uh, navigates the space, like, a lot more better. and doesn't have (laughs) such overt things. But the way that they do the mercenary team, even as it's supposed to be really disturbing and like supposed to be disgusting for you and and put you in a place where you want the main character Rune Ballow to like actually get her revenge and kill them. But at the same time she's using she's using a tool, Ulfcock, in order to exact her revenge and through his like parameters or whatever, he won't allow for her to kill anybody with him unless it's self defense. So when she kind of like goes a little bit um like like she disables the guy but still wants to kill him and then there's like a scene about that and stuff so i don't know it's it's really interesting i thought it was really like i don't know at least (laughs) thought-provoking and i think that yeah like i said you guys should watch it and then tell me what you think (laughs) because it's hard to arrive on a specific opinion on it
4: is that on Netflix?
1: I don't think so. I had to buy it on Blu-ray on Amazon for like 32 bucks or something for the three movies. It's hard to find, I think. Hmm. But, um, yeah. At the very least, I think it's worth watching. And it's definitely like a... In the end, it's trying to use all of the characters, even the... um, Like ultimate antagonist bad guy who killed her as like a lens through which to vilify different aspects of society especially judicial and justice systems that don't do well for victims and uh yeah so by that i think it like mostly succeeds it definitely tries to put all of the antagonists in that box though like it's it's trying really hard to give different perspectives from every single character, such to the point where you're like everybody seems like conveniently placed in the plot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, like there's not just a normal person there who's like doing their their job. There's always like some specific inters- intersectional lens being looked at, a specific issue for it. So For
2: some reason, I don't know why this just reminded me of I saw an interview with the writer for Alien. And I didn't know, I, I'd seen Alien a million times. I love that movie. And I did not know that the writer's intention was to make men uncomfortable with a sexual assault metaphor. <laughs> like he's like, you know, I, I intentionally wanted it to subvert a, a gendered assumption about sexual assault. Um and, and how like the the horror. Of like an in, in, in alien invading your body, and like how how most of the victims in Alien are men, and then that kind of thing. And I was like, what? What? I didn't realize that. <laughs> and the, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just really interesting. It's a, it's a it's thematically across all the movies, obviously, because like it is definitely like a sexual assault metaphor. But yeah, I don't know. I feel the, the story you just described sound really familiar to me. Like I feel like I haven't seen that but I have seen it in something else where it's like victims are allowed to come back to life and solve the crime or something. Maybe it's like a ghost thing or something.
1: It reminds
0: me kind of, of impulse that's on YouTube. Um, It's like YouTube red or something like that. Um, But it's, it's not cyberpunk, Uh, but the uh, protagonist, she is a sexual assault victim and she has superpowers. So every time she's in a stressful situation, she, um, Basically, she, like, teleports, but in a way that she has, like, a a seizure, and then she ends up back in her room, and everything around her, like, collapses, so she accidentally, like, hurts people while she teleports.
1: Oh. Yeah. And is it good?
0: I thought it was really good, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I think season two is just coming out soon, sometime this month, maybe next month. So, yeah.
1: It's like a, a live action thing, is it? Uh, it's like a
0: like a regular show, like a proper show. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really hard for me to judge this one because like, I have a lot of empathy and like a a personal connection to sexual assault vis- victims in my personal life, so I can't. Yeah. It's hard for me to like gauge the story and be like, this is amazing. You should go watch it. It's like a really mm-hmm. yeah. doing like a good service to this stuff or if i'm just like so caught up in my own stuff when i'm watching it that i get like a little bit of catharsis from it and then project my own wants and needs yeah. onto it yeah it's like well
2: it's like it's like the difference between like a rape revenge story which is like a problematic trope right that you see all the time and like jessica jones which takes you through like the experience of uh, trauma yeah. Victims, basically like uh, there, i think it's a good and bad way to do it <laughs> like like rape, rape revenge tropes are like oh another rape revenge like, i mean it happens all the time you know um, yeah
1: it definitely so, definitely doesn't feel lazy at the very least like yeah. there's a through line of consent every step of the way to the point where they're like hey um like if we file this case chances are this guy's gonna come after you like do you want to proceed with that or should we like work on instead getting you out of the country and protecting you in like somewhere else or something right like through every step of the procedure of her uh, getting justice and defending herself uh, it is completely consent-based like Olfcock never does anything that uh, is not already uh, given like affirmative from her so I like that a lot and then I also kind of liked Ulf Cox thing except that it played into the civility argument that we see so much now right where it's like yeah. you can defend yourself but like if you were to kill this person that would be too far right and I'm like mm, I don't know maybe she can just kill him right like that yeah. be fine because he's yeah. evil and a terrible person but instead it's it's harder to answer that because it's hard coded into the way that he was also made right like it's not right. a decision where he's just like no this is what I believe so you can't Use me instead. It's like I am made this way. I'm am fundamentally a tool. So mm-hmm. if you do this, you may kill him, but you also might kill me or hurt me. Right. So.
2: we lost bananas.
1: Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Dropping yeah. like
2: thighs
1: <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's pretty good. But
2: cool. I'd like
1: other
4: people to.
2: I like to watch it. You should mail it to me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> like, does that sound $30 of interesting?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, $30 Canadian, right? So like 20 oh, bucks American. Sorry, bucks. <laughs> true, true. Yeah.
4: Well, the library might have it, I guess, as well. This
1: yeah, should... the library, it's like on. a massive book because it's um, it was only published in English, translating all three novels into one omnibus. So okay. instead of getting like uh, the... Whatever they have, like fancy names for each book. It's like first compression, second combustion, third <laughs> exhaust. I think is what it's called. <laughs> um,
2: but... Car metaphors. <laughs> that is yeah. that
1: Oh, see, like for you guys, actually. it's eighteen ninety nine on on Amazon <laughs> to get the whole thing. So I hate you guys. <laughs> for me, I th- I'm pretty sure I got it for like thirty five dollars or something for here. Yeah. So, yeah, you should you should do it up. And then tell me what you think about it, because I'd be interested to get other perspectives on it. I did a blog post about it as well. Yeah, at the very least, I think it's interesting. And it's, like, so weird. Like, Ulfcock is a glowing little mouse that turns into, it's called a universal (laughs) item. Like, he can turn into whatever she wants. She just sort of (laughs) holds him and then projects her, um, like, mastery over technology in order to get him to turn into, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever, right? Um yeah, it's really interesting. It's very graphic too. Like I would definitely give people like a trigger warning for stuff like that. The the anime has like no qualms about showing that stuff happening to her. Except that I did note apparently that if you watch the director's cut, it cuts out a lot of that stuff. Um all the sexual scenes and if you watch or though the theatrical version cuts out a bunch of that stuff and the director's cut has it. So it's an extra like 3 minutes of more context around her, like assault and other sexual stuff.
4: I didn't been, think like that. Sounds what I'd expect if it was the other way around. As you're originally saying, it was thinking, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. The director's cut would leave that out. Like, that would yeah. Be interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. i the
3: director didn't want it in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The on. um, it, it definitely didn't seem like it was male gazy. Um but I
2: have never seen an anime that wasn't male gazy.
1: <laughs> that's, that's why it was interesting. That's why it was interesting. Like she, she, even to the point where she's choosing her clothes and stuff like that, it's the first time she can go shopping. It's like, yeah. it's pretty interesting. There's definitely some shots where you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. but it's not, um, overall. Yeah. yeah. And servicey. It's not, it's not like obscure <laughs> shots
2: constantly. And exactly. Like
1: yeah. That. yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it, I just rewatched it. And I'm still like so polarized about it. <laughs> it's good. I think. I think it's good. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> it's cool. When you can find stuff you're polarized about, because it's it, it makes you it makes you think about it. It might not be good in and of itself, but I think the thoughts that can arise from it, and then maybe like what it can inspire to come after it, is kind of interesting. Yeah,
1: I'm so glad I got the too. book too, because I'm sure the book will have a lot more comp context around it right like yeah. or who knows maybe even the blu-ray was like a different director was like no nah, we're gonna go leaning right into this sexual assault stuff whereas the book might yeah. be like you know a yeah. paragraph of like this happened to her one time <sighs> Yeah. So, yeah I don't know apparently it's also a, a manga too so uh, mm-hmm. for something that's like not super well known it's, it has a lot of mediums <laughs>
4: yeah that's really weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, Kira, what was on your list?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Banana said she she's going to try and come back. Yeah, um, okay, but cool. Her, her iPad died. Oh, makes sense. Um, but on my list, um, I had, well, I had three things. I had uh, what was it that I talked about earlier—the Vancouver show, Continuum, uh, Continuum, which <laughs> is. Time travel cyberpunk, interesting combination. And then um, uh, uh, Sensate, which I'm obsessed with and might might not be underloved. I don't know if that's cheating. I can't tell. Like, half the people I talk to have seen it, half haven't. And then uh, Remember Me, the video game, which most people are like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's where I fall on it too. I I know that I I started.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people started it. I almost didn't finish it because it's not a good game. <laughs> wow, okay. So why is it underappreciated? <laughs> I mean, as far as gameplay mechanics go uh, for a game, uh, I found it very frustrating. Like any video game where I have to replay a boss fight five times, I kind of check out on at a certain point. <laughs> and yeah. it's not it's not it wasn't it's not like a matter of skill. It's a matter of the correct button mashing, and I'm just like, fuck this. Yeah, I, I just, I that's like my one of my number one things I hate about video poorly designed video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did have that. the The fights were, in my opinion, not very well designed. Although you could do cool things in the fights, so it was like you were like you could have bullet time, and you could like, I don't know, I, I forget all the things you can do. Mm-hmm. It was it was very like 2000s. Cyberpunk things. Because <laughs> I think it came out um late 2000s But um but the cool th- the cool things about Remember Me, Remember Me is designed by Don't Nod, who did um uh the the Twin Peaks girl photo game. What I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, um, Life is Strange? Life is Strange, yeah. It's the same company. They're French. Um, and so this is like the game before life is strange and they both deal with a memory mechanic it's interesting like life is strange basically like it's like remember me is like proto life is strange like it's like they're testing it out and then they found out oh yeah that is the best part of the game we should make that into a game and, <laughs> and it has a uh, so the, the it's interesting you can like basically the big encounters in the game like you go and have like you you like meet a person And you're supposed to change their mind, like their personality and their attitude based on hacking their memories. Hmm. So like you go into their brain, you rewind and experience a memory of theirs with them. And then you have to rewind certain parts of it to change them Hmm. so that it like, it, it heals a kind of trauma that that person was carrying with them. And then changes their actions in the present day to be better or, or diff, different in some way. And so, so you have to like rewind and see how, how the different outcomes play out until you find the right one, which is kind of fun because you can see all the possibilities. So that is a super cool cyberpunk mechanic. Like I love cyberpunk memory things. I think they're super cool. Like under underutilized cyber, <laughs> cyberpunk things.
4: <laughs> how does it deal with, oh, wait, Fraser you're muted. What's up? Fraser was starting oh, yeah. to talk. He yeah.
1: I oh. think, uh, I have to mute myself because there's a thunderstorm happening. Hey, well, oh!
4: I, I just had a flash yeah. of lightning as well, and we live nowhere yeah. near each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: This one's a long one. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of cyberpunk ha- examines memory in really interesting ways that I think yeah, really cool. Like from the very first one, neuromancer to to like all these things. Like even Ghost in the Shell is obsessed with it, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah. Remember, it was very, a story we tell ourselves.
2: It was very Ghost in the Shell in that sense, like more Ghost in the Shell than the Ghost in the Shell PS4 video game or whatever that was. <laughs> but um, where like you got to drive around the Tachikomis, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, but that's, that's... Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I loved that theme. I loved seeing it happen in a video game. Like you just don't see that. And, and then um, it had a lady protagonist, which of course I love, like any cyberpunk with a not man who is in the lead, I'm happy with. So super, super awesome. She had like really cool style and she just had this neat story where like you don't, like like it's like obvious. she's an unreliable narrator, but you just don't know how. And then you like find out in the end that she's like uh, she's part of the problem. Like it's like her family that caused the problem and owns the memory tech, you know, and so she she has to like have this family drama and like basically disintegrate her part of her own identity just to fix the world. It's pretty cool. And um so' it's that examination of privilege again, in like a cyberpunk, in a cyberpunk setting and um but the coolest thing about it was the design of cyberpunk paris like Mm -hmm. neo paris like uh that blew my i was like what The, the the illustrations are so gorgeous like the art is just beautiful and like you know the problem with like asian cities in cyberpunk like you know it's it's not a cyber it's not a cyberpunk city unless you see japanese writing somewhere you know or like whatever And but but no asian characters but um this didn't do that. It just took Paris and futurized it, and it made like like you could get on like there's this huge mechanic, and the other big mechanic in the game is kind of like parkour. <laughs> so you're like jumping from building to building and climbing up all the all this uh, architecture that they've designed like so gorgeously. Like it's basically it takes all the old Paris architecture, and old European stuff, and combines it with like um, you know neon and glass and uh, new architecture, and you can see like when you climb the tops of buildings you have, like, these vista shots where you can look out over the city of Neo-Paris and see, like, construction happening over here on, like, these these megalithic, you know, st- buildings and structures and architecture. It's, it's like architecture porn. It's really cool. <laughs> 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 like, the artists, I don't know, they must have spent so much time drawing this city, and then they can go to different parts of the city, and it's like, you know, when you're exploring, like, in Persona 5 or whatever, when you explore uh, Tokyo, uh, only it, like the different districts in Tokyo, only it's like the different districts in, in Neo-Paris and it, it mimics the ones that exist in the real world. So you're like exploring Paris and like, it's very cool. I loved it.
4: That's, that <laughs> so, sounds like a, like a cool, like visual set. know. there's a, um, there's a, uh, a, a Neo-Paris setting in the, um, the, the Sprawl setting book, uh, mm-hmm. by a, by a Frenchman, um, Cool. It's a post-apocalyptic neo Paris, so I wonder. I didn't think he lists that amongst his inspirations, but I wonder if it if it is. It's certainly an interesting thing to think about in that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not post-apocalyptic. Um, but there is no Asian writing. Like the neo- whenever you see lettering, it's like English or French.
4: Uh-huh. Well, how,
2: does it <laughs>
3: deal,
4: not- how does it deal with what seems to be non-consensual memory hacking? Does it like shine a light on that? Oh, not at all. No, it's,
2: <laughs> I mean, like, a little bit, like, the the main plot of the story is that the company who developed the memory hacking software, uh, you know, uh, they're corrupt. And it's, like, fucking with people's heads, and they're losing their personalities, and there's, like, these zombies that wander around Paris, and that they're, like, the ultimate result of too much brain hacking. Okay. But they, show, they do kind of try to showcase the good that it can do in, in a few scenes with like medical doctors, but mostly it's just like corrupt, horrible technology and you're not supposed to use it. And she's like a criminal who's escaped from prison.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> So
2: she, she it's, it's not moral at all, like nothing about it is moral, like they're, they're all like, you know, low, low
4: life, high, high tech low life or whatever
1: is it it sounds more interesting than Mirror's Edge though with like a parkour mechanic too that was
4: what I was thinking yes. as well like female protagonist big city mirror uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure that's what Mirror's Edge was
2: inspired by like it, it's they look very similar even the protagonists. I think Mirror's
4: Edge is a lot older isn't
2: it uh, I thought it was newer for some reason maybe I'm wrong maybe not I don't maybe. know but but yeah the parkour isn't too complicated it's, it's kind of tomb raidery where you're just kind of like climbing and hanging and You know jumping and whatever but you do have to like actually engage with the architecture of the city which to me is like so uber cyberslip so cyberpunk so so long gibson cyberpunk you know like here, here's a history of architecture let us show you as you climb through it to get to your next job
4: (laughs) yeah mirror's edge came out in 2008 and remember me it was 2013
2: so okay yeah so i guess it borrowed from mirror's edge
4: or not, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing a similar maybe. <laughs> <thing>, <laughs> yeah,
1: it sounds it, it sounds like it'd be worth playing just to experience that kind of stuff. That sounds interesting to me. Is it like yeah. long? Is
2: it like like forty
1: hours? Or yeah,
2: it took me it took me like a couple weeks maybe to play, and I don't play very long sessions of video games. So yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how many hours, but it's it's kind of long. It's. I mean, you know, be ready for bad fights sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah. I, but climbing through this I mean the artwork is beautiful and and just again the concept of like a non asian cyberpunk city that's like fully realized and and you know ha- has has like a history and an architecture that is has character you know I, I mean it's just yeah to me that's, like so quintessentially cyberpunk uh
4: hellobeat.com yeah. says that the main story takes 10 hours and the completionist oh. run takes 15 and a half Oh,
1: wow, that's super doable for me, then, yeah. That, I'm, <laughs> similarly for me, yeah, like, I I used to be that person who could, like, crush a 40-hour game in, like, three days, but now it's, like, I have, <laughs> I have a backlog of so many games. Like, everyone, everyone's talking about, like, X-Newest Game. Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's weird. Real- <laughs> no worries. Yeah, everyone's talking about like the, the newest game or whatever and i just beat deus Ex: mankind divided the one that came out like two years ago and that was yeah. like I, I was i was like yes i did it i finally completed
2: it <laughs> and that wasn't very long either so, yeah yeah but, you know, i mean i i uh, i would love a remember me game that was in the style of Life is strange, like a narrative cyberpunk game where you know it's not it's not about fighting, but it's about like the storytelling and the mm. the hard choices you make for characters. Ooh, and, yeah. and the I think-
0: oh sorry.
1: Honorable mention for me then is Red Strings Club. You gotta play that game. It's so good.
2: What is it?
1: Red Strings Club?
2: I've not even heard of that.
1: It's Oh, okay. Well, I thought I didn't think it was underappreciated because you can get it for um, Twitch. Just gave it out when for uh, Prime members and stuff like that. So it seems like it's fairly big or whatever. But it's a small developer. Like three or four people made the game, and it's about um, like there's no fighting in it whatsoever and the first thing you're doing is installing upgrades into different people like it gives a little readout as they come in saying like this person wants to be more charismatic or whatever and you're in- installing something within them that makes them more charismatic so you're a,
2: you're a street doc kind of but then it shifts the narrative
1: oh. after that based on the decisions that you just chose oh, now just <Yeah>. You didn't make a character, but your uh, the narrative is affected by what you give the person. Gotcha. Like if you
2: give, gotcha. if you give, it'll them, be like more charismatic if you give them charisma. It'll be about like talking to people.
1: Well, even if you if you, for instance, for in my game, I installed an uh, empathy upgrade into a CEO, and they ended up feeling so bad about all the things that they did that they committed suicide, and then I investigated their death. <laughs> oh. <wow>. <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah, the the main game is, like, there's a... (laughs) Suddenly intense. Yeah. The the main game is you're, like, a detective who is Mm -hmm. solving these specific things, and you're a queer character, a person of color, and you're, like, semi-lover. It's sort of, like eluded upon or something but a partner who is kind of like a, a fixer who gets all this information and mm. gives you the the work is a bartender who has like devised this method of being able to extract information from people by way of um chemical compounds in the drinks so they run a place called the red strings club it's a bar you go there and it can like elicit People go there to get a drink that elicits a specific feeling within them. But then Mm. then at the same time as a bartender, you can take advantage of that and try to get more information out of them. And that's That's the bar.
2: That's like the bar in the one episode of Farscape when they like go to that planet and they're like, Let's do these drinks, and then they're all like stoned for like (laughs) the rest of the episode. I fucking love Farscape. There should be like I don't know. Farscape is great. That's not cyberpunk though. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's cheap and uh it's and cool. one of the it i know uh, waypoint did an article on it too so that's why i thought it was a little stream okay. or whatever yeah like it uh, reminds
2: me of uh, it sounds like valhalla which uh, it was also a cyberpunk bar game yeah. yeah
1: yeah i haven't played that one but it seems like there's definitely some
4: through lines there
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool, that's cool.
1: Yeah. And the,
4: uh, I know oh, the developers I just came what? out in January Red strings club, so it's not even a year old <laughs> stuff, So yeah, oh, it's, wow.
1: it, it's, it's new. And the, uh, I know that supporting the dev team and buying it too is supporting uh, queer and trans devs as well. And there's only cool. a lot of them on the team. Nice. So deal. Yeah. You can get it on itch, itch.io too or whatever yeah. in, in case you don't like the steam. Right. You can yeah. be like on steam and cool. still get the game.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cool. That sounds oh. awesome. It's fifteen dollars. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah I'm really. Uh, I don't play too many video games anymore, mostly because they're expensive and time consuming. Well, this so...
1: this one you can finish in like six hours too.
2: Yeah, that's that's super cool. I'm really and oh, it.
1: and I remember the music is amazing.
2: Hmm. Cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <You're> cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, everyone needs to buy Bardock Scrabble and the Restricts Club. <laughs> <laughs> Why like are you making us broke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all consumerism.
4: Um, so, you mentioned uh, Sense 8 as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I love and it's fantastic, and the ending of the special was the perfect way to end it. Um, yeah. yeah. I like
2: the the last so fade really- out shot. Is it cyberpunk? Okay, you ready to go? Let's go. Yeah,
4: right. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it definitely has cyberpunk associations for me, but it has cyberpunk yeah. associations because of Mark Richardson's Headspace, which is basically Sense8, the game, but with cyberware that does the thing that the psychics do in, in it.
2: So the reasons that I think Sensei is cyberpunk, mm-hmm. I think I believe that Sensei is a metaphor for using technology to connect with people all over the world. Hmm. But, you know, instead of technology in the show, they're using their minds. And, you know, it's like, they also use technology and stuff. And it it is, but but it's basically like, I need help. Can someone help me? I'm going to text a friend and they're going to be in a room with me and they can help me through my emotional problems. I I, I think it's basically the same thing. And also there's Hmm. hackers in it. Like, there are yeah, legit hackers, hackers. In, you don't,
4: uh, Yeah, uh, that doesn't seem like he. <laughs>
2: I know. Okay, there's that,
4: also think of that. That metaphor thing is interesting, though. I hadn't thought about that. There's
2: also hackers in Fast and Furious. You're correct.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, do you think Fast and Furious is Cyberpunk? Oh, yeah, I 100% think Fast and Furious is Cyberpunk.
4: Is it implant I mean, technology?
2: Cars are robots. Okay. Oh, implant technology? Did you say? <laughs> yeah. Why do you need implant technology? I mean,
4: for me, if it's not implanted technology, it's probably not even
2: cyberpunk. Well, (laughs) well, you look up the definition of
4: cyberpunk. Because I want want something that deals with the. I mean, it depends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's blurry, and that's why this is an interesting conversation. And I think it was relevant to uh, um, Banana's uh, example earlier as well. Like, what is cyberpunk? So yeah. th- there is a pre-cyberpunk, like yeah. how do you distinguish between those? In the same way, like what things do you need for the yeah. for a thing to be cyberpunk?
2: Um, Absolutely, and there's like uh, cyberpunk adjacent. There's, a, I feel, I feel like there's a lot of cyberpunk adjacent things now. But yeah. I don't know. Since since it, to me is very cyberpunk, like it's mm-hmm. it's basically about bringing bringing marginalized people together, uh, you know, through 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 an, a metaphor, a technological metaphor in my mind, hmm. um, to, to fight larger systems of power. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're all doing that in their own ways. And they're even fighting, you know, with, within their own groups, you know, like uh, the, the people who are hunting them are also synthetes type of thing. So
4: Yeah, I guess it's the technological bit that is like, for me, it's more of like, yeah. it's more magical uh rather Mm. than technological and so it sort of doesn't really fit for that but it certainly does have the like i mean in the same way that i'd say that not every story about oppressed people fighting the man is a cyberpunk story but it definitely has Mm -hmm. that. that is one of the things that i would expect in a cyberpunk story um yeah yeah, yeah. the like big conspiracy that is controlling everything that we don't really know about but can get them to hire the eiffel tower for a private event
2: yeah, absolutely. Well, and it has, like, kind of this globe-hopping, mm-hmm, yep. like, spy type. Uh, it, it is actually a genre-breaker. Like, uh, each character is a different genre. Uh, so, it, it's, you know, if you look at sense like, in a meta-film type of way, it's, like, not really. It's, like, all genres put together. It's, like, yep. you know, you've got action, you got soap operas, you've got, you know, gay flicks, you've got... I mean, it's just, like, a whole bunch of stuff. And that, that's kind of yeah. what's interesting about it. It's a very, um, it's very like postmodern deconstructive yeah. <laughs> TV. And it was
4: one of the first sort of Netflix show to do away with the sort of artificial constraints of ad breaks and how you structure a show around ad breaks and timing as well. It yep. like the yeah. first, I didn't know if they carried it through. I stopped paying attention, but certainly the first few episodes were varied in length to a reasonably reasonable degree. Um, yeah. Taking advantage of that medium. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely a great show and it's absolutely underappreciated because if it wasn't, it wouldn't have been cancelled. Yeah, uh, so. exactly. Mm-hmm. Right there when, yeah. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. But the I always thought of their ability to do that as sort of like a biopunk thing too because the oppression is definitely technological in the show as well, right? Like mm-hmm. they're always running from technology. They're running from the... Dude, with the like the overarching badness for them is that machine that can make them drones, right? Like hmm. the, the man can turn them into a wave slave through this device that makes them also unique. The only way they're compatible with it is because they're like it. It, it seems like a organic biopunky uh, way of getting to it, right? Where um, yeah. they're all kids from this one person, but the alteration of technology and. Uh, the pursuit of it and stuff is super central to the gaze of the the show throughout it. So I, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty cyberpunky. So
4: for me, I would yeah. I would I would totally blat it as a biopunk thing if the thing that they had had been done to them, right? Or if that was technologi- yeah. technologically implanted in them. But because oh, they I had it actually hadn't been uh, done to them, no, it wasn't. They were a separate race of people.
2: Yeah, but they were awoken intentionally.
4: Uh only by the well i guess by the by their mother but not by an outside technological thing
2: i i I when
4: they get to that age they become sensei's
0: but so it's not
4: like oh they a dude in a lab implanted this thing into them and now they can do this thing
1: but she awoken them through that technological device in the end too though right Like she put on the thing, and then she shocked herself for pain to transmit it to everybody else.
2: Right, that's that's what I had thought. I thought it was both, actually. (laughs) Like I totally, I totally see your magic point. That like it's it is like, for me, somewhere between kind of traditional cyberpunk and uh, psychic teenagers on the run. Mm -hmm. Like it, like it's like almost the psychic teenagers except. They weren't trapped in a lab having experiments done on them, but that was the threat that was going to happen to right, them if they like got the caught. The mm-hmm. the- yeah, yeah. And then, and then they're,
1: they're definitely have- examining technology through that as well, right?
2: Yes. Like, like yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I never actually thought yeah. about that part of it, like as that that part as a metaphor. Like, and I because part of it is that I, yeah. I think of, <laughs> I think I think of um, stories that have magical elements like this uh yeah. primarily like as the thing that they present like i i yeah. try and like accept the conceits of the fiction um which in this case for me like is psychics and thus magic right and so, so you think like, yeah conceived it from the beginning sense. do
2: you do you think of shadow run as magical or cyberpunk though because mm-hmm. it is a combination of well, the two and it's still a, cyberpunk a,
4: that's an explicit combination yeah. of the of the two, but this, the magic part is not cyber, right? The magic part is definitely magic and the cyber part is definitely cyber. And actually in Shatterrun, the two don't actually meet. Like you can't okay. really make the two meet very well. They only meet okay. two distinct people.
2: I haven't That's played
4: much Shatterrun. <laughs> I, I, I just wrote a chapter about this. which <laughs> okay. part, there's, like, there's, there's this dichotomy that you can either be magical and you can, and, and this is kind of a centralizing thing about that, or you can okay. be logical. And it's actually there's very few people in the middle because it's not efficient in the way the rules set themselves yeah. up. not just not, it's not a. I
2: guess paper. in Sensei, I just saw. I maybe this is just my personal bias because I haven't read too much about. I didn't read like is Sensei Cyberpunk, because um, it's the Wachowskis and like everything they do in my mind is somewhat a cyberpunk. <laughs> but um, they, you know, they it's like all it's kind of like a formed family, like a queer family coming together. Uh, over great distances, you know, and like I I see that as a metaphor for what's happening now of how like people where people are kind of finding their families online, you know, and uh, connecting with with communities they didn't know existed, you know, if if you live in the boonies, you don't you don't have like a, a gay community center you can go to, but you've got a forum you can talk to people mm-hmm. on. And I, I just saw so much of that in like the yeah. the trans the trans meta text of the Sensate story in general, um, that was very much about People who didn't know each other coming together over a shared, a shared thing and through love and queerness
4: oh, and blah yeah. blah blah. I, guess I thought of <laughs> that found family thing. I mean, although obviously Sensei is a very queer show, I never thought of oh, yeah. found family thing as being a, the queer thing. Although obviously it is part of it, but there's so many oh. other kinds of found family that are that. I, I was thinking it was speaking more broadly than that.
2: Yeah. I, well, I think it's both. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
4: But, but that's te- such yeah, it's such yeah, a- then making that kind of connection to the technological part. That's interesting. I not I'll think about that some more. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know,
2: that's why it's cyberpunk to yeah, me. I mean, but it I mean, might I mean, not actually yeah.
4: be cyberpunk. <laughs> well, I mean yeah.
1: <laughs> It's all it's all genre theory. Yeah, I really like the idea of like
4: the your your comment about it being kind of like a meta genre thing that like each of the people coming from a different genre. In particular, because I love the German criminals firing rocket launchers yeah. right. so them. So ambiguous.
2: I did I liked. Go okay. I,
1: I liked. Uh, uh what's his name rajma at the end right when she's like yeah. hey and he's like i don't know about this and at the end he's like oh yeah this is my shit
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it fades
1: um, out on the the rainbow dildo right i was like <laughs>
4: yeah the, like it would have been nice and this is uh like something that i've discussed with my partner like if that had actually been if there had actually been a consent conversation about around that rather than just like a knowing look oh,
1: yeah. you think it was like a like a sort of like a pressure thing where she was like, I mean
4: oh. you can you can read that I don't think it was but I think it would have been nice for them to remove all doubt
2: yeah yeah there, there was no discussion of consent in any of sense it was just assumed I think that they could read everyone's minds and they which is not which, which is, is not good and is
4: it, not true of him in particular yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah we're actually, so he's much not, that he's to not in them. the cluster or whatever, you know, he's not, he's an outsider to the cluster, so. Right. Yeah.
4: yeah. They had, like if, and I'm sure if they had a whole season, a whole third season, then we would have got that. Just like if we yeah. had a whole third season, we would have got way more awesome Lido one-liners. And that was. Lido is yeah. my
2: favorite. Lido
4: was amazing, but he. And
2: Almanito.
4: Yeah, they needed more of that group doing awesome things in that, okay. That, like, a little, that, like, that would have been great in that final.
2: But Almanita was like the perfect cyberpunk girlfriend. She was like, she's like, I'm a motorcycle, dreadlock, dyed purple, <laughs> wearing leather, beacon, whatever, and person who's going to save you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what that? And she reads a lot of books. She works yeah, at a bookstore. Yeah, and store. she's
2: like, worked at a bookstore. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Like, yes, I mean that sounds to me like the perfect like punk story girlfriend, but I don't yeah. like see that much of the cyber in it. Yes. The it's motorcycle.
2: Because, it's because they're <laughs> the motorcycle cyber. It's <laughs> okay. because they're, Be, they're biopunk.
1: That's true. That? Well, and they're biopunk. I think. I think their whole body is, the, is is the 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 tech, right? Yeah
2: yeah that's interesting i don't know much about biopunk as a genre i guess as much other than i know that sometimes in cyberpunk you can take drugs to alter and enhance your body and so is that part of the cyberpunk genre or is that separate in a biopunk thing i don't know because
4: johnny mnemonic does it you know like stuff stuff like that drugs are definitely cyberpunk yeah Yeah.
2: gotta get those
4: drugs (laughs) <laughs> Just
2: like the side blockers to protect yeah, them yeah. and sensei, like all that stuff. I don't
1: know. It's all it's all technology in my mind. Like yeah, they're always using tech or they're using drugs to modify their bodies. Like yeah. it, it feels like the medium for which this cyber and the augmentation thing is like the, the premise is that all of these people in the cluster are augmented folk and then they further modify themselves with technology. Yeah. And drugs it's yes. another form of technology. So.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I am yeah, definitely glad we had this conversation. I see. I definitely see your. I don't. I don't agree that it's cyberpunk, but I see the reasons why you think <laughs> that it's cyberpunk, and I think. <laughs> <Nice.
2: it's cyberpunk. laughs> I also like hearing your opinions because I want to make it cyberpunk. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think we can all agree it is awesome yes it
2: yeah. is awesome it's like it's so good i love how it like hacks your emotions as you're watching too mm-hmm. like basically it's just a very emotionally manipulative show <laughs> and, it, and it it like relishes in that it's not like it, it's like no uh, we are overtly trying to make you feel things by watching this show mm-hmm. and like the characters are going to feel things and you're going to feel things it's a very emotional experience and i just i think that that is so innovative like I think a lot of media is heading that way recently with being more emotionally manipulative in general. Like, I see it happen a lot now. I, I can't think of a good example. I just saw something that was exactly that thing this weekend.
3: Yeah. Well.
2: But, um, but, but I like how Sense8 is just, like, very obvious about it. Like, they're not trying this to trick you. They're like, no, this is actually just an emotional show.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. Because there's, there's a thing where lots of media is trying to do that and is pretty obvious about it, but is. Is like stupidly obvious. Whether it's, they don't, they're not like winking at you like Sensei. Yes, yeah. you know what's going on with Sensei, and you know that they know that you know. But whereas if yeah. you watch some other movie and they would like play the score in a resounding yeah. way when the dog dies, <laughs> oh, like no. that's the same thing, going on, right? Because we've seen that a million times. Right. But this was doing it in a new and unique way that was interesting and talking about like sort of things that don't get discussed a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
2: good
4: yeah it's consensual manipulation
2: consensual (laughs) manipulation
1: especially especially when the thing pops up where it says are you still watching
2: (laughs) 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 not anymore netflix doesn't do that anymore for me well and it starts playing things when you hover over them to read what they're about for two seconds I feel like Netflix has
4: gotten less consensual. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is like, okay, I know you. You're gonna binge this, so that's cool. Do you want to binge this one right now? I'm seeing to start playing with you. We just watch it, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: that's what's happening basically. <laughs> only pops up for me after two and a half
4: uh, episodes. Oh, so wow, yeah. two and a bit. Oh, we've wow. definitely watched two and a half episodes in a row recently and have not had that. So. Oh yeah, maybe we just it
1: American in, in Canada, yeah. we have laws, people. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs>
4: yeah, Blake, this is madness, madness. <laughs> yeah.
1: mm.
2: Cool.
4: Canada. All right. So anything else uh, that anyone wants to, to bring up in terms of underappreciated? Yeah, I feel
2: like we can talk about this forever, but I'm pretty good for right now.
1: Yeah, I'm
4: good. Especially yeah. since I have
1: a game in eight minutes. Have oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah,
2: oh wow. Yeah. Oh.
1: You um, should so go. You're going
4: to GenCon, right, Kira? No, I'm, I'm not, not going
2: uh, to so a, None uh, of us are going, going to GenCon.
4: Driving down the road.
0: Okay. So Yay, Jen right. can't. This is Gen our general can't.
2: Our general can't party. Yeah. yeah, it's only three hours away from me, but uh, then you have to pay twenty bucks for parking every night, and where am I going to stay? Oh, yeah. What's the yeah, food cost issue. It's just still money. Yeah.
4: Uh, but everyone and I will be going to Neon Retro Fest in uh, Rhode Island in, what is that, two weeks, three weeks, three weeks?
2: The end of August.
4: Yeah, the end of I'm August. I'm so jealous. So we will report back. This is, I think, the first time yeah. we've done, like, a, a Neony? Yeah, it, it is the inaugural
2: Neon f- Retro yeah. Festival.
4: <laughs> it used to be TempleCon, which I don't know very much about, but I've heard about in the past, so so will probably... Uh, is you were wanting to talk about retrofuturism, right, Banana Chan? Is that-
0: oh my god, I love retrofuturism. <laughs>
4: so maybe after we get like a weekend dose of it, we'll have like a <laughs> discussion post. <laughs> I, yes. There's going to be a lot of synthwave bands, so I'm interested in <gasps> checking up some of those. So if any of you, either on the screen that I'm looking at right now or out in the wider internet world, have a particular synthwave band you want me to check out, then tell me about it. I right, we'll- <laughs> Because I won't be able to go to the mall, but I'll try and hit some.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Synthwave synth is very fun, and I love it. Mm-hmm.
4: All right. So, in the interest of Fraser getting to his game, we should all. Sort of- <laughs>
2: yeah, I guess we should.
4: Yeah. Uh, so, Pierre Green Kiwi on Twitter here, and this is my uh, um, Twitch stream. Hamish uh, Cameron and the Sprawl. Kira.
2: I am Akira Nansi
4: uh,
2: on Twitter. K I R A N A N S I. That's it. he will see. We'll see you
4: there. <laughs> Slowly <laughs> into the darkness. <laughs> Fraser.
1: I am Fraser. You can find me at Fraser Simons everywhere. <laughs> Literally everywhere. <Whoa. laughs> like, right All the social medias, even on Tumblr, and I don't know what I'm doing. There. Right. Only on there. Everywhere else I'm a master. That's not true. <laughs> banana Chan.
0: Uh, banana Chan. You can find me on Twitter at banana underscore
4: Chan underscore vid.
0: Yeah. Alrighty.
1: Well,
4: Alright, good talk everybody. See you all next time out in the, in the wide internet world.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we all... Thought that Sense 8 was Cyberpunk. See ya.
0: share the link too.